Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations, episode 33, The French Revolution. Did America as a nation go to dippies? Uh, we are going to be taking a look at the French Revolution, which took place between 1789 and 1799. It was a 10-year period of time. Uh, I apologize if the sound's bad. I am on a headset mic again. Uh, but, oh, also the title. So... Uh, I mean, if you live in America, which I'm, I'm almost sure I haven't really looked at it, but I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to this is lives in America. So, so yeah, I mean, I kind of picked this topic for the same reason I picked the Black Plague topic, man, because uh, it was like, whoa, you know, I wanted, I got, I did get kind of freaked out, and I was like, what, how bad can this get? And then I was like, the French did have a revolution, and I, but all I knew was that like the French had a revolution. And actually, in looking into it, I didn't even know, I, I don't even think I had it put in my brain correctly what the French Revolution is. It's like, it's the start of like France, like right now, actual France that exists now. That was what came out of the French Revolution, because before it was kings and monarchs. I didn't even understand that that was as big of a shift. Like, this is one of the most important events in like human history. Had no idea, just picked it because I was kind of freaking out. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, see, you know, what happened in the French Revolution. You know, let's just take a look at it, um, and just to see what's going on. But yeah, I, I didn't understand that this is this big of a deal. Like this is France's, uh, like founding of their country. It's, uh, it's like their 1776. So like people definitely, like the whole country of France really cares about this topic, probably, and uh, and also people in general. Really, a lot of people really love the French Revolution. There's a lot of stuff out on there. I'll tell you right now, my mom's already disappointed for what I have in this episode. I I, I don't even know what I'm going to say in this episode all the way, but I know that she stopped me because I told her I was doing the French Revolution, and she was like, oh, my God, we got to watch Les Miserables. You gotta watch, have you seen Les Miserables? You got to see Les Miserables. And I was like, I don't, I'm not going to watch that movie. I don't have time to watch a four-hour movie about France with, with songs in it. And and she was, you know, she was a little disappointed in that. But it was like, what, if I watched Les Miserables, this whole thing was just going to be movie references of Les Miserables. And I don't know how many people have seen Les Miserables. I, I, I can't watch songs with like movies with songs in them. It feels like little kid shit. I can't watch. That is definitely a me problem. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with musicals. I'm just saying if I'm ever watching a movie and then a, a song comes on, doesn't everybody kind of fast forward through that? I mean, obviously, people think different songs. I'm sure some people might love the songs. I'm just saying it feels like little kid shit. When I watch it, it's like, what, is this Aladdin? Also, the song's not as good as any of the tracks in Aladdin, so how am I supposed to keep watching? And the thing's like three hours long. She was like, I'll send you a picture of Hugh Jackman. It's like, I don't, how, what am I going to describe Hugh Jackman? That does nothing. This is about French. It's supposed to be the most important event, like one of the most important events in human history. I can't just be on here talking about Hugh Jackman dancing around in pants or whatever. I don't I don't really know what happens in that movie. Again, I didn't watch it. I don't know. But, alright, so what we're, and the title, French Revolution, Did America as a Nation Go to Dippies? So this is, I thought of this like, uh, last night or two nights back or whatever, because I, I didn't really know why, because it's such a big topic, man. The French Revolution's a huge fucking topic. Like, it's only 10 years, but so much shit takes place. There's no way I could do it all and so I had to kind of pick, like, the same way I looked at Diana with, like, why do my ants cry? I wanted to answer a question with this topic. So the question is, like, yo, do we go to dippies? Because in my personal life, I have had a, a series of serious girlfriends in my life. I haven't always just been, like, an old single man. Yeah, there were times where I was dating people and it was going well. 
but I did remember, and this is, look, I'm not blaming Dippies, and I don't think any Dippies employees even exist anymore. I think they, they shut down for the pandemic, or if they do, again, I love Dippies, dude, but I'm just saying, any serious girlfriend I've ever taken to Dippies, two, maybe three months max, that relationship implodes, dude. Dippies is like a Stephen King curse for any sort of serious relationship for me. If there, like, if there's not, I, and honestly, I would look. I know it's a stupid thing, and like relationships fall apart because you know for a number of reasons, obviously. But and Dippies has nothing to do with it. But that is a trend in my life. At least two, at least two serious, like longer than a year relationships. I don't know why you go to Dippies and then for some reason it just it bl- it blows apart, dude. It just it implodes. It has nothing to do with Dippies. I hope, and also, if you don't, I'm sorry, I've, I've said Dippy's like nine times. It's an ice cream place by my parents' house in South Jersey. It's like an independent ice cream factory who has cones and stuff. I've been going there my whole life. It's like one of those, I, I think it is like an annoying place that I will bring people. And like, I don't know, have you ever done this or been brought to a place like this if you're dating somebody where like they, it's really special to them, but you're just like, this place fucking sucks. This guy likes this or like this girl like loves this place. This place sucks. Can I tell her it sucks? I never had a bad time at any of these Dippies trips. Nobody's ever said to me, like, this is embarrassing. Oh, actually, okay, so for one of the relationships, dude, here's the thing. Like, it was it was going bad for a minute, and then, like, I would, like, suggest, like, yo, do you want to go to Dippies? Like, we went to Dippies, like, multiple times. Like, that, I should have learned my lesson there, but, like, when it was time to, it was one of those, you just, it, you know, people grow apart, dude. But at some point, at, like, towards the end of that, I was just like, yeah, what are we doing this weekend? Hey, do you, like, want to go to Dippy's? And, like, we were living in Philadelphia. Like, Dippy's was a 40-minute drive to, like, an ice cream place that is – I mean, it's great. It's, I love it. Look, dude, I love Dippy's. It's good ice cream, but it's not – if you're, like, a young hot chick and your boyfriend's like, you want to go to Dippy's again? <laughs> like, uh, I can't really laugh on this mic or it'll pop, but – Anyway, so for some reason, if I take a serious relationship there, I mean, I'm at least over two. It might be over three, but I, I didn't, I didn't reach out to that. I don't, I don't talk to that girl anymore. So I didn't, I didn't want to hit some ex up and be like, yo, real quick, did we ever go to Dippy's together? Right when it was getting bad, I just figure everybody's having a hard time in the pandemic and stuff. Anyway, you shouldn't need to be fielding those fucking questions. Come out of nowhere and be like, real quick, can you answer? Did we go to Dippy's before we fucking start screaming at each other hard? They never scream at each other. Yeah, it's just things go apart, you know. I, anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? All right, so name of the name of the episode: French Revolution. Did America as a nation go to Dippies? Because I was worried about how bad this can get. Was surprised. Apparently, French Revolution is really important. Not going to cover Hugh Jackman. Sorry, mom. Uh, but okay. So what happened in the French Revolution? It was a transition from an absolute monarchy, which was ruling France as Louis the Sixteenth. Which, if you listen to episode seven, that's also. I mean, you could chalk this whole revolution up to the Hope Diamond. There is that is the lore of the Hope Diamond a little bit that like it caused the French Revolution. It's one of like the selling points of the diamond. But if you listen to episode seven, people kind of think that Pierre Cartier, famous French gemsmith Pierre Cartier, uh, just made the whole fucking Hope Diamond thing up in like 1917. I can't really remember. I just remember when I looked that up, I was like, damn it, this is like Shutter Island, dude. Fuck. And I kind of lost steam looking into it. So I found out some guy might have just made the whole thing up. Anyway, but. Same Louis the Sixteenth that was in episode seven. This is uh, we're gonna cover uh, how his head and uh, head and neck and, and shoulders held up through a revolution here. So uh, France transferred power from an absolute monarchy and it ended up being a public uh, republic, which is a huge deal. Uh, and it was based upon Enlightenment ideas and a lot of it was patterned after uh, the United States of America's revolution. 
which I didn't know that was uh, that was kind of contagious, but we'll get to it. And uh, the French Revolution does end with Napoleon's rise to power. Uh, but we're going to cover up until pretty much the, the when the king, uh, it's no way you can rehire that guy. Uh, we're going to cover up to there. And then just some quick facts at the end, because, this, again, this is only a 10-year period of time, but there's so much shit going on here, guys. You know? So let's get into it, dude. French Revolution. Did America go to Dippies or not? Also, I don't think America went to Dippies real quick. I, I don't I think it's bad, but there are like steps being made. And I mean, we get into France, like how bad France was and then how crazy got like I, I don't think we went to Dippies. I, I also I don't I, if you work at Dippies and you're hearing this, I'm sorry. I'm not saying your place is cursed. I'm just saying I've had bad luck trying to have a night out with a girl at in the court. But again, it's just a pattern you recognize. Who knows? I'm just superstitious, I guess. Anyway, one of the most important events in history, the French Revolution. Let's get going. All right. Why is the French Revolution important? And yo, what's going on? All right. Again, we kind of covered this already. It's important because we're transitioning from an absolute monarchy, which was also regarded as having divine right, which meant people used to think that like kings got chosen by God, like kings and queens or whatever. That was the idea of divine right of like, well, this dude was born this way. Kind of like, I think the Dalai Lama's like this. I'm not sure still. I think so, right? They say the Dalai Lama reincarnates. And so like he's, he's chosen by, by God, I think. I don't know. That's the only example I have. But they thought like every king and queen and royal person was like Dalai Lama here. Like they were chosen by God. That's why they rule. Don't fucking complain about it. That's what France was rocking before this revolution happened. Afterwards, they transitioned into a republic and it was based on ideas of the, the Enlightenment, uh, which we'll get into. It's also Enlightenment ideas were a lot of why the United States of America wrote its Declaration of Independence to. Uh, you know, in the Constitution, the way we wrote it, uh, it's uh, the idea of like every man is equal and you know, the right of trying to pursue a good life, stuff like that. Um, all right. So absolute monarchy to republic. Uh, and again, the revolution is aimed at giving the people a voice. And also, this was a special revolution because it said that like this was a revolution that was intended to help the whole people. It was intended to be like for good, which I didn't think that that was special, but. Because, like, now if you hear about a revolution, like, everybody kind of, whether it's good or not or what actually is going on, everybody kind of sells it as, like, this is going to help everybody thing. But I think this is one of the first ones because before then, you were just having a revolution to, like, seize power. But now with Enlightenment ideas becoming more popular and especially the United States of America throwing England off its back, people are like, oh, we might be able to establish actual nations that could help everybody based on these Enlightenment ideas. That'd be so fucking cool. So that's also a reason why the French Revolution is special. So. I said based on enlightenment ideas, and those are like equality before the eyes of the law, uh, right to pursue happiness. I mean, don't make me read the whole Constitution or anything right now. But so, yeah, uh, pretty much copycat shit from the American Revolution. That's what they end up writing a document called the the Rights of Man, uh, which is like the French version of the Declaration of Independence. Pretty cool. Uh, And also the French Revolution would signal the decline of absolute monarchies in all of Europe and like the world, like once it gets out, because I didn't know that the idea was contagious. So like once America had a revolution, then France was like, yo, France fucking sucks. Let's do that. Let's do that. American shit that they do. Why can't we just fucking do that here? Then the idea was like actually contagious. So then once France did it, other countries started looking at them. And then if you were an absolute monarch, dude, how fucking scared were you? I also thought like if you were an absolute monarch and then you saw the American, you saw England lose the, to the fucking American revolution, Dude, how pissed would you be at them? We were like, how'd you fucking lose that? Come on, this is a big deal. Like, you can't, we're all fucked now. I also would like to say shout out to the Atlantic Ocean for helping us win the American Revolution. 
if it, if we were like a landlocked country, like in Europe, it might've been way harder, but because it was wooden boat time and you had to like ship dudes and supplies and message in a bottle, like a sting song, like you fucking communication logistics was a nightmare. So shout out Atlantic ocean. All right. Well, how were things going in France? Uh, well, I mean, definitely bad enough to spark revolution, but let's get into exactly what the fuck was going on there. France was all the way broke. France had like the largest population in Europe and they were broke as shit and they had no plan for how to fucking fix it. Now, France had just lost the seven years war. They got fucking spanked by England. And uh, I mean, I'm sure they were like, why did you fucking pull this off with the Americans? How you beating our Navy? But the whole French fucking Navy got destroyed. France got spanked in that one. So that cost them a bunch of money. And then after the American Revolution got going, like after the revolution won, France sent a bunch of like money and all this other shit over. And they were just like, congratulations on being a country, but for that, which is nice of them to do, but they couldn't afford it. They were buying Christmas presents on credit, dude. They couldn't, they had no money. And then they gave us like millions of dollars and 10,000 troops and all sorts of shit. Meanwhile, they're fucking, their own people are starving. And I'm not talking about like, Oh, I'm kind of hungry. I got to eat ramen or like, I got to like heat up some food or something like the population of, of France was starving, starving. Like, uh, the, like theft was getting big because everybody was starving. Also prostitution. Uh, apparently a lot of people just turned to being prostitutes of some sort to be able to buy some bread because everybody was starving. It's like, I don't know. I'm going to be a prostitute. Um, all right. So the way that France was divided, it was divided into three, three estates is what they called them. So the Royal people were one estate. Then the clergy was the other estate. And then literally everybody fucking else was the third estate, right? And the way it would work is that in government, every estate would get to vote now. And every estate's vote counted the same. So like if the royals and the clergy voted together, the people never got to fucking say shit. Cause it was always, it was like a, uh, like growing up, I had two sisters and they were nice. We all share the back seat, but hypothetically here, if they were mean, French sisters who were nobility or clergy back in the 1700s, they would vote against me and I have to sit in the middle. You get the shitty middle seat the whole fucking time. That was it. That was kind of why the French were so pissed. They're just like, dude, we are sitting in the middle for every trip everywhere. This sucks. I want to go to Dippy's. <laughs> Sorry for, uh, for laughing again. I'm, I pop on this mic and I can hear it. Sorry about that. Anyway. So yeah, France had no money and they had no plan on it. And the only plan they had to get not broke anymore was to tax the fuck out of the poor and the poor are already starving. There were multiple years of terrible harvests. And then I, I thought this, I mean, this made me laugh. It must've been terrible to live through, but multiple years of terrible harvest, people are starving. And then it was cold as shit for 50 days straight, just 50 days below freezing. Nobody has any. And while this is happening and it's just cold as shit and you're poor and you're starving in France, you know that the clergy and the aristocracy, the royals, they are fine. They are rich. They are having a great time. They got tons of bread. They love it. They, I mean, that the palace of Versailles was kind of built so lavishly in the idea of divine right of like, look how great our country is. It is the palace of Versailles. If you ever seen it, it is like it is incredible. I mean, the gardens. I I drew the gardens on the um on the title card of this because I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Palace of Versailles is looking incredible. It's cold. It, you're on day thirty-one of being cold and fucking starving. You're thinking about being a prostitute. Honestly, you're just thinking about it. I need some bread. I'm, I might be a prostitute here. And then you know that the Palace of Versailles is is still up, 
still looks like like uh, the kingdom of heaven on earth. It looks incredible, and you know it's full of food. So, I mean, all those conditions together uh, caused uh, like a powder keg type thing where, look, man, we can't be fucking doing this anymore. We have no voice in political power. We're broke as shit. Nobody has a plan to get out of it. And so all those things together, oh, fuck, Lou, you might get your head cut off. Here we go. Uh, revolution does pop off. Storming of the Bastille, July 14th. I wrote 1989. Nope. Close, Chris. Uh, 1789 off by 200 years. That's close. I'm going to leave it. It's fine. I'm leaving the note, but, uh, it was not, it was not three years after I was born. Uh, the storming of the Bastille took place on July 14th, 1789. Um, and the Bastille was a prison fortress. Uh, so the third estate stormed the Bastille and they were looking to free political prisoners, but also get all the guns and shit you got in there. Because if this is going to be an armed revolution, we need guns, we need gunpowder, we need all this stuff. And also, if we could free some friends, that's cool. Turns out when they did when they did storm the Bastille, I mean, they did uh, 200 people that attacked it, did die. And the, the initial reports was that one defender died, but then this other thing said that like seven or nine people died. But, I mean, 200 people fucking died attacking the Bastille. This is also like regarded French history. I don't mean to be flippant. This is like, a uh, they have like a national holiday. It's a big deal. It's like a... Yeah, this is like the American Revolution story for France. I don't mean to be flippant about it. I just, I don't know, I don't know, man. So in the Bastille, you need some guns and stuff. Also, they got in the, the Bastille, and they didn't even really have any political prisoners. They got in there, and there was like five guys who weren't really important, but they're still like, ah, it's pretty sweet. We'll get the fuck out of here. Sounds good. All right. So, Bastille stormed. The mob's got guns now. Oh, fuck. All right, August 4th, feudalism is officially abolished. So, Bastille happens July 19th, August 4th. Time to come to the negotiating table a little bit. Feudalism officially abolished. And then on August 26th, this is when the Declaration of the Rights of Man, uh, or I mean, the, the full name of it is the Declaration of the Rights of Man and of the Citizen was written. And it was written by a dude named, and I'm going to butcher these fucking names, and I feel bad about it because I thought about this when I wrote them. I, I wanted to try to say them before because if in the event that these are like Francis George Washington, I'm about to say George Washington, like Jorge Washingtono, <laughs> like I'm about to fuck up this name terribly. Um, so, Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen was written by Abby Sayers and Marquise de Lafayette. And they also had consultation by American Thomas Jefferson, because again, they were patterning the Enlightenment ideas. They, I mean, they knew about our Constitution. They thought that was pretty cool. They were like, yo, we need a Constitution. Can Tom Jefferson come over and help us out with this? Like, can you be the producer on this for us? Because we, we not, you know, we're new here. So Tom Jefferson helped him write it, and that document then turned Enlightenment ideas into the French government moving forward, which is a huge deal. Again, this will be the second nation on Earth that this has happened at. Now, nobody knows if the republic is going to survive or not, but right now they designated, like, this is, like, the same thing. As, and if you're an absolute monarch watching this, you are like, God damn it. God, we got to invade there. Fuck this, dude. We cannot let this happen. And there was military conflict because the other absolute monarchs saw this shit happen. They were like, we can't let this happen in Europe because it's going to catch and it's going to spread on. And I'm going to lose all my all my money and all my fun stuff. I don't want that. And I got to kill a bunch of people. But all right. Declaration of the Rights of Man and Citizen, August 26th. We'll be talking about the French Revolution for a minute. Uh, if anybody knows any casual information about the French Revolution, the only thing I knew is that they cut off a bunch of heads. I have been talking for 20 minutes. We have not cut off one head yet. I do apologize for that. Uh, but actually, I found out they, they didn't really start chopping off heads right away. Like once the Declaration of Rights of Men and Citizen got 
government. They were like, all right, here we go. They tried to like actually make a government. Now they had problems because it's all new. All of this shit was new. They had the revolution. They, they knew what they wanted as far as ideas go, but putting those ideas into a functional system of government that would work is very difficult, man. I mean, they were coming from absolute monarchy and they didn't kill Louis XVI right away either. Like, they had him, but they didn't kill him yet. But they, did, they eventually did find time to start cutting off some heads, which is what we're going to go over now. So, the brainchild of Joseph Guillon, the guillotine was adopted as the preferred method of execution during the French Revolution. I also thought this was cool. Dude, the guillotine wasn't abolished until 1981 in France. And I, I'm not fucking that date up, for real. 1981, France was still using the guillotine to cut people's heads off. So some guy, dude, some guy listened to the Beatles in his life and then got his head cut off in a guillotine. I thought that was crazy. Anyway, uh, another name for the guillotine was the dippies of the human head and neck because it breaks those things up. So King Lou, where you at, buddy? Unfortunately, your time's come. We're going to cut your fucking head off. What's going on? All right. So King Lou and his babe, Marie Antoinette, were being held captive. And on October 5th, they were being held captive since October 5th, 1789, which is when there was a thing called the Woman's March on Versailles. This is another thing that I'm going to be flipping about, but it's a big part of French history. Apparently, there's a disagreement down at the fish market, a bread price, something like that. And all the ladies who worked at the fish market were like, fuck all this. And then they went to Versailles. And after they went to – there's a storming of Versailles. It was a women's march on Versailles. And it was the ladies from the fish market with other help too. But they they were like, I'm fucking going to Versailles. I can't have that shit out here. I am so hungry, dude. I got to go. I got to go. So they went and they got him. So as of like October 5th or that week, Versailles was stormed. And they, they had King Lou and his babe, but they didn't cut anybody's head off. Not until – January 21st, 1739. The price is right, Lou. Come on down, dude. King Louis XVI, the guy who was the absolute monarch before this revolution, people thought he was chosen by God. And that meant that also maybe why they didn't cut his fucking head off right away, because people still kind of believe this stuff. Like Enlightenment ideas were the, the, the new wave of ideas that people were subscribing to, but also there was a huge part of the population that still believed in, like, the power of the church, divine right, all this stuff, because it's the 1700s. You really, religion's still really popular, man, because life, you know, life is what it is, and what do you got is what you got. So these new these new ideas come along, but there's still a huge part of the population that it's big into the church and all this other stuff. So, like, the idea of cutting off the fucking king's head, and they do it publicly, the idea of putting the king in a guillotine, cutting his fucking head off. Scared a lot of people, I bet. But, January 21st, here we go. Louis XVI, he is uh, he is taken down public square. His guillotine set up for you. Uh, and I thought this was, I mean, it's not, it's not very funny, you know, but it is, uh, it is kind of funny that uh, Louis XVI did try to give a speech uh, before they put him in the guillotine and chopped his fucking head off. They, he tried to, like, give one of those speeches, like a Braveheart speech. But they, they started playing the drums over him like he was given an ostrich like speech for like nine minutes. They just started playing the drums over him like, shut the fuck up, we're going to cut your head off. <laughs> Nobody gave a shit, dude. And then they cut his head off. They cut his fucking head off. And that is when uh, they could never rehire him as king. And that was the point I intended to get to. But here's the thing. It's a French Revolution, and I'm going to talk about one head getting cut off, dude. It, just kidding, dude. It's double guillotine time, dude. They were cutting off so many heads. I at least want to cover the stats of how many heads got cut off. And there was specifically a point in time in the French Revolution called the Reign of Terror when a lot of these heads got lobbed off, dude. 
guillotines were buy one, get one. They're, they're hot teens, buy one, get one. They're the French Revolution. So, going to blow through the rest of this, but here's some numbers. France was a mess, dude. All right? This dude, Maximilien Robespierre, shows up. July 27th, 1793, Robespierre is elected to the Committee of Public Safety. Now, he worked that job for a year until July 1794. Worked it for a year. And now, while working at the Committee of Public Safety, he oversaw 17,000 people getting their heads cut off. Uh, 17,000 heads. That is, that's a lot. I wish I did the math on how many heads that works out to to be a day. That is, how many guillotines did you have going? 17,000, huh? I can't remember when they made the catacombs. I did an episode on the catacombs, but where are you even going to put those bodies, dude? Anyway, so 17,000 heads got cut off. but And the reason they got cut off was kind of because of that, that thing I touched on earlier where the Enlightenment ideas were new and they were, you know, it was going to be what the Republic is and you really got to love it. But there's also a big part of the population that was like, dude, I'm still fucking starving. I'm still starving out here, you know? And when Maximilian Robespierre got in there, if anybody got overheard saying anything against the Republic because he was there to be able to protect the Republic, he thought any any threat, foreign or domestic, dude, you're getting your fucking head cut off. And what threats ended up being, I mean, he obviously got a taste for it, man. You don't cut off 17, you don't go from cutting off zero heads a year in your life to 17,000 heads a year. Out of nowhere, like he got addicted to that 100%, which I've touched on this before, but if you've seen 30 Days a Night, I really enjoy that vampire movie because Josh Hartnett also gets addicted to cutting off heads. He, it's really hard for him to cut off the first one, and then he cuts off like five by the end. He throws a guy in a chopper. I don't know. I, I, yeah, just throwing that out there. But I think Robespierre did also get addicted to cutting off heads. And the crimes you could get your head cut off for is like, yo, just don't talk about how there's no bread. If you, somebody hears you talking about that, you're going to get your fucking head cut off in front of everybody, man. And that's what happened to 17,000 people. I mean, there, I'm sure there were actual criminals or you know, spies or threats like that because they were facing military invasion from the other absolute monarchs in the region who were like, I, and actually, this is kind of when Napoleon gets even more famous. People knew who he was, but he was, I believe he was on the southern, in the southern fighting, leading an army down there. And people knew that he was winning down there. And while this was all going on, because again, Napoleon ends up taking control of France at the end of this. But during all this head cutting off shit, He's not really hanging out. He's down there doing the fight and uh, building his name. But as 17,000 heads get cut off, Robespierre is like, I'll take care of personal security. And he goes a little overboard. I think I don't think that's controversial to say, what's 365? Oh, also, they changed the months and shit. Like when the revolution happened, they, they tried to rehaul, like overhaul how much, like they tried to make a minute, 100 seconds instead of 60. And they renamed all the months, like July, they, they they were just trying, they were trying everything, man. But apparently like July till mid August was called like Thermidor. They just renamed everything. How confusing would that fucking be? What a nightmare. But they thought it was necessary. They, I, and it was all based on like reason it was and, and enlightenment ideas. Cause everybody wanted to get away from the old, old ideas of like a monarch chosen by God. And they want to try to do this new science-based stuff. So that just feels like a lot of work, man. Thermidor. I can't remember that. But anyway, so eventually old robes, Fired from the Committee of Public Safety in July 1974, and uh, after he got fired, he also got his own head cut off. Oh, shit. There it went. Uh, so, you know, 17,001, uh, 17, buddy. That was you. And, dude, look at how fast that escalated, dude. Once he, once Robespierre got started, right, so Louis XVI got his head cut off on January 21st, right? 
And then April 6th was when the Committee of Public Safety was founded. Robespierre put into power, 17,000 heads get cut off. Year later, guy who was doing the chopping gets fucking chopped. I wish I had, I wish I could look into like how, dude, how many, I, I mean, I could, I just, man, 17,000 is an incredible. And also there's like an extra 10,000 people that died in prison. And they, there's something like 200,000 people who got arrested and 17,000 was the executed number, but 10,000 other people died in prison. So they just like, they got tuberculosis or something, didn't even get to the guillotine. So, I mean, technically the guy's kill count's like 27,000, I think. King Tut is jealous. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, so after the reign of terror, New Republic chills for a second. They, you know, you kind of admit you had a wild period there. Let's try to do this uh, reason-based government. Sorry about that. Almost 20,000 people that everybody watched get their heads cut off. How would you live in that country? How many of those heads did you watch? Because a lot of them were done publicly. People would come out and watch that shit like with the Sixers. They would just be like, cut his head off. Woo! Do the trampoline half-court shot. Man, that must, I can't even imagine what it'd be like. I considered trying to like watch one. I don't think I've ever seen, uh, maybe in, in high school, somebody played one and I was in a room, but I don't think I've ever seen a head getting cut off video, man, let alone in life or if it's 1700s and then this whole new government's starting and they're kind of like, you can't really be super into God anymore. We're more into reason. And here's our thing. And if you say shit about the bread or starving or how you don't want to be a prostitute anymore, we'll cut your fucking head off. That must've been crazy to be a French person at that point in time. This is a wild period of time, man. Anyway, so 1799, Napoleon Bonaparte, everybody knows he's been fucking shit up down south. They love him. He comes up, he sees his political power, and would then go on to crown himself Emperor of France in 1804. So technically, uh, I mean, if you can't crown yourself emperor, is that really a republic anymore? But French Revolution went from absolute monarchy, a couple of tough years there. A lot of people got killed in front of a lot of other people, and I'm sure everybody's kind of weird after that. Napoleon Bonaparte eventually comes up, sees political power, 1799, calls himself emperor in 1804. Um, extras that I left out, I covered that we did say that they did make a time-based, uh, or a time system based on 100 instead of 60, which would be a fucking nightmare for me. And then they did rename, and uh, I said Thermidor because that's the also the month that uh, Robespierre got his head cut off. Um, so yeah, that was the end of July, beginning of August is technically known as Thermidor. Um, and then, uh, just one more thing that I found, uh, that the rights of man, that French, uh, like declaration of independence that they wrote, uh, with, and Thomas Jefferson helped them write them, uh, in 2004, a French historian and amateur cryptologist named, uh, Nicolas Cage tried to steal it. He, he kept saying that there's a hidden map on the back. Anyway, guys, uh, oral presentations, episode, uh, what was it, 33, the French Revolution. Uh, did we go to Dippy's or what? Um, that's it for uh, that's it for this one. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank, thank you so much, guys. I'll see you.